Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Hope you're having a great week. Justin Angle in studio with me. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, uh, all sorts of football talk. We uh, heard from Aaron Best, the head coach of Eastern Washington. We also heard from Brooks Nuanas. All football, all the time, talking all things NFL. We heard from Josh McCrossin, who's the head coach of the Corvallis Blue Devils. They're in the midst of a historic season, first time since 1976 during the semifinals of the Class A playoffs. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. The MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. And Blackfoot Communications, who's proud to also be the presenting sponsor of The Business Angle with Justin Angle. Uh, you mentioned, I haven't even pointed this out yet. I've had this for a little while. Uh, you asked what this was. So if anybody's watching on TV or on the app, this is a piece of the floor from the old Cowan Spectrum Arena in Moscow where Idaho used to play their basketball games. They, of course, have this new unbelievable arena. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's like hard to even fathom that this is the arena that's in Moscow, Idaho. Really? I mean, it's a $67 million basketball wow. arena. You're walking around, you're like, it's, it's crazy. It just shows you that if you have people that are interested... You can you can build some pretty cool stuff. Anyways, uh, I was in Moscow a couple weeks in a row covering the, the Grizz game there and the Cat game there, and uh, Idaho Athletics gave that to me just as a thank you for coming over and covering them. So Look at you. I thought yeah. that was cool. I don't a know. Nice thank you gift. Yeah, right? <clears throat> I know there's probably a lot of people watching on TV saying, why the heck do you have Vandal stickers on your Montana uh, show? You know, we're here to cover them all. I'm just, I appreciate the history of it all. Uh, ton to get to with you today. We've been exchanging uh, articles via text quite a bit lately. And uh, several of these have have a rather, I don't even know what to say, depressing tone to them, uh, certainly. But uh, that's what we do best is uh, analyze all this. Um, But I want to start, though, last night I was uh, sitting at the um, coaches show down there at Finn, Bobby Houck was uh, having his weekly coaches show. Yep. And on the TV, 
is Wednesday night Maction, and it was just a, a thrilling game between um, Akron and Miami of Ohio. So now I'm picking up on Maction. Yeah, yeah. You texted me that yeah, term. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. no idea what Maction is. So it's the Mac <laughs> Conference the Action. Ma- yeah, Mac Conference Live on Wednesday night. Action. It's on Wednesday, okay. Tuesdays now and I'm Wednesday nights. And I was thinking to myself, there, there's actually like a, a, a pretty strong marketing analysis here um, when it comes to sort of the exposure that this is providing for your universities. And also just we battle with this all the time in, in our industry and in marketing and stuff too, just the, the art of messaging, right? Yeah. On one hand, this game is on and it's the only football game that's yep. on. And so it's on in bars all across the, the country and... So there I was watching this, just sort of not directly, but just looking at it because it's right on in front of sure. me. Whenever Coach Al calls a talking, I'm just looking at it. Okay. So I'm thinking about Akron and Miami of Ohio. I'm thinking about how they're not Ohio State, but here they are and they're on TV. I think that's good. It's a win. But it's like it's like a commercial without any messaging to it. You're yeah. getting your name out there, but are you actually telling people any part of your story? Like how many people are actually watching this game Engaged with the sound on and hearing the stories of the players. And then you watch the level of football, too, and it's like, good athletes, but there's no real discernible style or sure. identity. Yeah. I don't know. Just take me through this. All I kept thinking was, this is this is so irrelevant to me compared to like the level of football we cover, even though it's a quote-unquote lower level. Because when you're watching the games we've been covering lately, they're, they're top 10 teams. They're vying for playoff. Seeds, you know, they're real national championship yep. contenders. All I kept thinking was, what are these guys playing for? Right sure, here? I mean, the, the, well, the first order of business in a, in a game like that is the brand awareness, right? And so you take, yes. the, you, you say yes to the national TV game. The MAC conference is yes to that deal to get its brand out there to get ma- more people just simply aware of it, right? And so. Awareness is good. Like we're we're talking about it, so it, it it broke through the noise and got on your radar screen. Now, the second question or the second order of um, operation is to try to then tell some sort of a story to create associations with the brand. And you're saying that this game was so ordinary that it was devoid of any sort of content value. Like I don't learn anything about Miami. I don't learn anything about Akron other than they exist and they apparently have football teams. Right. Um, On the flip side, I mean, if the teams were good or if there were some unique experiences happening with the content, that would be an opportunity to to do that. Right. You also got to think about who's the audience. So there's the general brand awareness audience, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. football game's on Wednesday night. It's just on by default. So you get some awareness. Oh, yeah, these two universities, I should take a look at that. Those people look like they're having fun. on the flip side, like part of the audience is students they're trying to recruit. And, you know, if you can say, hey, we can put you on national television, you know, that's, that's compelling to a high school student when he or she is trying to decide what school to go to. So I think there is, it's, it's, it, it might not be great as far as marketing outcomes, but it's right. something, if the finances are right, we can get into that side of it. If the finances are right, you probably say yes. Yeah, it, it's so interesting, too, because, again, there, there's certainly people that are watching this with the volume on, but there's a variety of people that are watching with the volume off. But there's yeah. so much of just circumstance that goes into, like, the branding of events like that. Yeah, If people are scrolling through a, a late November, early December game that's in Montana, you're automatically going to be drawn to just a couple factors. 
how many people are in the stands, and how cold and snowy it is. Right. You know, just just the simplest thing, the, the sideline reporter doing snow angels like they were at Bobcat Stadium last year. You know, we see this in, in the Grizz Stadium a lot, too. Just people being so cold, and the announcer's talking about how cold they are, and everybody's wearing full winter gear. Even that just makes it a little bit more compelling, I guess. Yeah, I, I think there is, and this can transition into some of the other issues we have planned to talk about. I think there's an oversupply problem. Yeah. Right? And, and part of that's a consequence of the cable bundle, and then the cable bundle retracts, and there's just um, too many games on. And too many places to put them. There's just too much inventory in the system. And so that when that inventory is not super compelling, it kind of, it, it you know, it's like inventory shopping around for viewers. And that, that's not necessarily the way you want to design a system. Now, layer on top of that, the sort of rise of the betting markets. Right. And now you've got this content that is a form of supply for the betting markets and the addictions that they're going to create. So I can see that that sort of uh, new product innovation, if you will. I mean, the innovation of just getting it more widespread um, and into apps and so forth as a way to try to monetize all this content that people probably don't care all that much about. But when they have money on the line and they can game around it, then they'll care. Amazing what we're already becoming. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio, Justin Angle in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It is the business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com backslash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. You sent me a text recently says, I'm starting to wonder if a useful long-term metaphor for all this realignment in college athletics is the music industry. I'll let you extrapolate. Mm. This is a very interesting theory. Well, I've just been thinking about this a lot. So what happened in, in music is the move to streaming music kind of killed the, the profit model of creating music. And you see how much how much musicians now tour and how much bands who aren't making new music are still touring. Right. And touring is where musicians make money now. Right. They no longer make money selling their music. I mean, they get fractions of cents for a stream on Spotify. Consumers are, are we're listening to music that way. We're rarely buying albums. We're buying songs or not even. We're just sort of buying subscriptions to a service. Right. It's, you know, if you got a long trip coming up where you know you're going to be offline, maybe you download some stuff, but that's not the reality for most consumers of music. And so it makes me wonder that, you know, with the decline of the cable bundle and the rise of these streaming services, is those streaming platforms are proving to be not as profitable. Now, part of that is that they came to the market underpriced. There was sort of this rush to gain share, this growth model in the tech space has you know, been like growth is more important than profitability. Right. So all of a sudden you had all this spending on content, you had all this spending on trying to acquire customers. And then as we've seen in the decline of those stocks over the last six, seven months, like people are realizing, whoa, you know, these model, these business models don't really pan out, and so I'm starting to wonder, like, you know, as people cut the cord, as fewer people are cable subscribers, will that have similar effects on the 
sort of streaming re- the streaming profitability for sporting events. Hmm. Will the revenue model or the profit model now be centered more around live events? Now, live events are a little bit different. Like, you, you, if you're going to go see Taylor Swift, you're probably going to go to one show. There's probably not many people that can afford a whole season of her shows or <laughs> totally. a whole tour. That's a small sliver. Whereas in sports, we have so many games that if, if you're building your profit model on the live event, you're going to have to get repeat customers. That's sometimes difficult to do, although the Grizz do it with their season ticket holders. So it just makes me think, like, where... Where's the money coming from? There's declining money in the system right now with mm-hmm. streaming, right? And, and and how does that play out? I mean, we're seeing these TV deals go up and up and up, but the, the streaming side of the business isn't as profitable. So, you know, where's this going to land? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it's fascinating because so much of the streaming exists because of the, the sort of cultural move toward that being our, our primary way of consuming. Yeah, we got sick of paying for stuff we didn't want. Right. Right. And the industry yes. told us, hey, you don't have to pay for stuff you want. Just buy this channel and stream it directly. And that felt like a good thing. And then they were subsidizing it. They were giving it to us to uh, for giving it to us for a lower price than it cost them to produce all the content. And much like a lot of journalism, we kind of get used to that. And yes. now when the prices go up, it's like, hey, wait a second. Um Maybe with all these subscriptions individually priced at their, you know, at their whatever their market price is, that adds up into more money that I'm spending on content than I was with a cable bundle. Right. Maybe I want to go back to that cable bundle. And because then, okay, we, we all decided we didn't want to pay for stuff that we weren't using. Now this is a way to directly target the people that are uh, fanatical about certain sure. teams or schools or yep. whatever. But then I also think that it, it pigeonholes... For, for example, as somebody now that covers the Big Sky Conference for a living, it's a great resource for me to have ESPN Plus to be able to stream any and all of the games. And I can watch yeah. whatever just to get some more knowledge. Like, for example, the other day during my lunch break, I watched the first half of Portland State Eastern Washington for two weeks sure. ago because the Grizz play Portland State, the Cats play Eastern Washington. Just learn a little bit about those teams. Why not watch them together? But the amount that impacts how much other college football I watch is tremendous. So it's like stealing from Peter to pay Paul, right? Well, and, and and a piece of this too is like you might think that designing a product to go after a, a, a white hot segment of customers, mm-hmm. you know, that will consume all that you have to offer. I mean, that, that in some in some markets that's a good strategy, right? But in the streaming market, what you need is more customers than consume. You, you need, it's it's like a gym membership. Sure, right? Right, right. The gym doesn't make money if everybody comes. In fact, they run out of <laughs> treadmills and weights. Where right, the gym right. makes money is people that are paying that premium yes. every month and not coming. Right. Right. And so that was somewhat true in the cable bundle. Mm-hmm. Now I'm only buying, you know, the Big Sky channel or the right, Pac-12 right, channel right. or whatever it is, if I'm going to be watching those games. It's a purpose-oriented transaction. And so there's very little consumer surplus in that system. And when I mean consumer surplus, I mean additional dollars to the content creator that they can then spend on other things. Will tickets then become the main revenue source? That would have a profound implication on what schools keep and what schools move away from football and other sports was the end of your text. I yeah, mean, that's I mean, I, I think a lot of things have future. to fall into place for this to happen. And yeah. the whole, I think the gambling fa- factors, the disruption and this yep. sort of future scape that we're painting here. 
But yeah, if if your profitability in a sport relies on putting butts in seats, yes. um, you know, do you have the wherewithal to build a facility that is conducive to that type of experience? And can you know, can you construct an experience that you can charge a high price for? And and do you have the ability to to be profitable to make margin in that business? That's a whole different kind of business. The creation of the in person experience than the television experience. And this is this brings us back full circle to what has been the eternal debate and that is that for forever and ever schools have offered athletics as an enhancement of campus culture, mm-hmm. the opportunity to have sort of a, an external marketing arm that is your sports team, the front yeah. porch of your university and a potential recruitment tool. But I look at the big sky specifically like Eastern Washington and Portland State for example, both of which have had uh, Eastern's had great success in football. Portland State has sniffed it a couple times, but also is sort of this this dog without a home, right? They don't have a home yeah. stadium, and they've been forced out of the downtown stadium in Portland. And and you see what has happened at Eastern, too. Like, they've just been going through it at a variety of different levels because they were so good, and then now they're not as good. And neither of those things have actually impacted the sustainability from a financial and business perspective, which is in turn the biggest argument that the faculty has to how much money they get from the state. Last year, their athletic department was 84% subsidized from state wow. money. That's twice as much as the Montana schools. Yep. I'm a, I'm all for student-athlete experience, having student-athletes on campus. I do think that you know this, too, as a professor at the University of Montana. A lot of times, student-athletes are leaders in the, the campus community, and I think mm-hmm. that there is a, a, a value to having them on campus. But I could totally see if I was an Eastern Washington faculty member being like, well, why aren't we getting this amount of state money? What are these guys doing? You know, they've gone below 500 two years in a row. Even when they were w- winning a national championship, they weren't selling more than eight, 9,000 tickets. So what is the validity and the long-term future of all of this? Yeah, what's the return on investment, right? If... If the purpose of collegiate athletics, and this is a big if, is to enhance that college experience, yeah. campus experience, and to sort of drive brand value for the university, um, you know, are they getting a return on that? The question, you know, if, if Eastern Washington is not performing to the standard they were before, but they're still getting that share of revenue, um, it doesn't really seem to pencil, particularly if there's programs on campus that are sort of crying poor because they, you know, the, the money's going to the athletic programs and not to the academic programs. That's a difficult trade-off. That subsidies, subsidy for athletic programs only works if it's providing a broader return for the whole university. Business Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit go go Blackfoot, excuse me, dot com. See how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Uh, the headline of the article that we were sharing yesterday. The college basketball season begins with concerns about the future of the NCAA tournament. The most striking uh, line in here, how much longer can one of the most popular events in American sports remain unblemished by the legal and financial cross currents that are roiling all of other college Mm. sports? What what a line by the author, Dan Wolken. Uh, But this is something that we've been talking about a lot, and it might have seemed like a crazy doomsday scenario, but now with the moves that they've made with the NIT. I mean, for those that didn't follow along, the NIT starting next year, forever, the NIT, if you won your conference championship in the regular season and then did not win your conference tournament, you got an automatic bid to the NIT. Yep. That's a that's a whatever for the Power 5 or Power 6, but that's a great boon and great guarantee. 
Like if you're Eastern Washington, last year you went 16 and two in league play, and then you lost on a buzzer beater of the conference tournament. Right. It would be a bummer if your season was over, but they get to go to the NIT and they get to play a game. And they even did they? I think they won a game in the NIT mm-hmm. last year. That's great for them. Montana's gone to the NIT a couple times under Coach DeCure, and you get to play, you know, Texas A&M and Nevada and these cool schools. It's great for your program. Well, now they're cutting that and they're giving guarantees to the the uh, top two teams based on net rankings in each of the six conferences. So the two things that are going to really impede and impact the future of the NCAA tournament are. The, uh, the net rankings for sure, and then I think that they're going to draw a line in the sand when it comes to produced revenue. And we went through this last year. There's this notion that there's a lot of upsets in the NCAA tournament still. There's really not. Of the uh, of all the first-round winners last year, I think there was only two that were outside the top 150 in revenue production. Right, and there was the one basketball. seed, the, the 16 seed that upset the one seed. Yeah. And that tends to, I think, actually... It's so salient when that, well, that was right. the first time that ever happened. Right, and right. that cr- kind of crowds out the actual numbers. Exactly. Like right. that one ups- upset could make you think that there's a ton of upsets. Right. But really, there's it, it's just, it's pretty linear. Yeah. Most of the schools that are competing at any sort of level in the NCAA tournament, even if they're just an eight or a nine seed, sure. they have massive revenue that's comparable. So that's what this article was then projecting is what happens if this happens in the NCAA tournament. This is something that we've talked about extensively and now it's being put onto national platforms and actually debated. Yeah. This, the, the, the big premise of the article that stood out to me was like, how viable is the NCAA right. as a continuing entity? I mean, right now we see all this conference realignment. We see probably the most powerful entity in, in college sports is the Southeastern conference. Right. And, and most, I don't know if you could say all of this conference realignment is tied to football. And so within that, it's like football has definitely been moving away from the NCAA as, as a relevant exactly. entity, exactly. Yep. right? I mean, the, 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 the playoff is not organized by the NCAA. It's independently organized and, and operated. They're, they're taking all of that revenue. The NCAA is desperately holding on to this, um, uh, the, the college basketball tournament. Yes. This conference realignment is shaking up. I mean, there's there's decent correlations between quality of a men's basketball team and the quality of a football team, but college basketball is sort of an afterthought to these big football conference based right. realignments. I mean, they ruined the best Division One basketball conference in the name of football. They got rid of the Big East, and then the Big East had to reemerge with all the non-football playing members. But like. Syracuse isn't in the Big East anymore. How dumb is that? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense, right? And so, does football split off? Right. Yeah, you know, because they, they these guys are clearly in like a one. The big schools don't want to continue to subsidize the small schools, right? And so, in football, you don't have to do that, and they don't want to do that in basketball. Right, they don't want like so. That's why in the article mentions Gonzaga is trying desperately to get into a big conference because they need to be in one of these big conferences, exactly. or they're going to not be able to have access to yep. a lot of this this the upside. And so football being so powerful, not considering basketball, it's a smaller power concentration, a smaller number of schools that compete can can compete to be elite. Uh, it, it seems like we keep talking about like these fractures and forces maybe taking the NCAA to the brink and the undermining of the tournament seems like they're the NCAA is kind of capitulating to these big schools. I don't know if that's 
the right strategy here for the NCAA. They have right. to provide value um, in ways they're not right now. Yeah. And just sort of trying to prop up the NIT doesn't seem like a great value proposition to these other schools that are you know, probably thinking long-term, we just need to cut the NCAA out. And this is where the football money gets so scary because it can just dominate the landscape at such a high level, right? I mean, yeah. forever... The only team out of the SEC that was any good at basketball was Kentucky because they were a basketball school. Well, now all these SEC teams that never were any good at basketball are now good at basketball because they have to put the money somewhere. Right. So the power just keeps getting uh, reallotted. The last uh, paragraph, I'll read you from this. You might think, who cares? The NIT hasn't been relevant in ages, and the audience for a new tournament of also-rans is probably small, but this is part of a larger chess match that's going on. If this new tournament happens, it will provide the kind of competition that rarely works in the NCAA's favor. In other words, a tournament run by three conferences in cooperation with their media partners while cutting out the middleman. Guess who that is? The NCAA, right out of the loop. What does that sound like? It's the basic template for the college football playoff. The NCAA and thousands of schools who don't play big-time football all share in the wealth of March Madness, but they don't see a dime from the billions generated by the college football playoff. So that's sort of the... uh, the end of the day doomsday scenario. Well, I note that it's a traditional cable TV provider, Fox Sports, right. that is trying to organize this yeah. alternative tournament. Um, you know, that's an area where you know it might prop up the cable bundle for a short period of time, or do they take it directly to streaming and not even worry about their cable partnerships? I don't know. The business angle with Justin Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Okay, a couple quick hitters for you before we get you out of here. First of all. I totally understand wanting to make your brand international, and I totally understand London. Why are we playing NFL games in Germany? Well, the <laughs> NFL's got to grow, right? They do. They, they need to grow. They've, they're pretty saturated, although we've talked about the Taylor Swift effect <laughs> in the United States, kind of all of a sudden a windfall of market share. But how are you going to grow into new markets? I mean, this is a way to do that. Think of the counter case, like how much... Uh, more fandom is there in the United States for European soccer now that you can stream those games anytime. So you got to educate the European customer a little bit on American style football and having a game there is a great way to do that. It draws attention and then maybe some people start streaming. Right, streaming the games, and you just gain some, uh, some foothold there and, you know, I think it's a difficult strategy to execute as far as like trucking a team all the way or not even trucking, flying a team all the way totally. over there and the, the toll it takes on the players and the coaches and all of that. But it's got, I think it's got useful, you know, uh, market building, market penetration effects. It, it's uh, It also gets you here stateside for people to start watching football. At 9.30 in the morning, East Coast time, and 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's true, too. You can own more of Sunday, I suppose. <laughs> Just what they need, more. Make me watch football from 7 a.m. until 9 p.m. And you probably rather watch a game than start watching people talk about the game. That's so true. It makes some sense. It's totally true. Okay, last one. The, uh, the fiercest rivalry in the West. Montana State at Montana next Saturday in football. Mm. Uh, what, if any, do you think is on the line here in terms of just brand awareness or, I guess, market sharing? I mean, how much do you think the football impact just impacts campuses in general with these two schools? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the the University of Montana, 
has been on a bit of an institutional upswing, right? Like the narrative is starting yeah. to emerge. Is I like texted you, the, the new commercials are great. The commercials that they're playing on the streaming and stuff, they're very good. I, I'm very impressed. The good job, content President Bodner. is compelling. The brand is portrayed in, in a way that is consistent with the sort of the, the promise that we're trying to make. And the production values are high. Yep. And I think it, 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 it's compelling. It tells a compelling story like, hey, that place looks interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of it. And so the football experience is a big part of that sales pitch. And I think the thing, you know, the the Cat-Grizz game is one thing. And there's been there's been uncertainty in the outcomes there over the last few years. It's kind of sure. going back and forth, yeah. right? And Montana State has had the upper hand in the playoff runs. Yep. So I think it's... You know, how this plays out will depend not only on the game, but how far each team goes in the playoffs. And wouldn't it be interesting to see them go head-to-head -head in the playoffs as well? Totally a scenario that, that could play out. It totally could play out. So I think there is a lot riding on on, on this edition. And, you know, people are going to create whatever stories they can from the outcome. But, um, yeah, I think people are paying attention at a time when there's a spotlight on both universities. And they can kind of – they're more – they're competing for mindshare in a way they haven't in, in recent years. Yeah, we'd love to do like an in-depth study on the winner of the game of the football game and how much it impacts in-state students and where they choose to go to school. I think there's that's just a part of it. It's yeah. a part of campus-wide momentum, but it certainly I think it does play a little bit of a hand in it. So we'll see. I think it's a but at the end of the day, I think it's a great display and showcase for Montana, and that's why I think it's great because both these teams are good this year. They're mm -hmm. really good. It, win, lose, or draw, both of them are making the playoffs. So yeah. I think that's I think that's good for the state in general and maybe is good for luring out-of-state students to either of the schools. Let's just hope it's a good game. I think it will be a great game. Nuance Dow, ESPN Radio, the business angle, Justin Angle in studio. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you. We'll talk some more NFL right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Well, football all the time, part two. How about this? We just had to split it up because of some scheduling stuff, but uh, happy to be here with you. Brooks Nuanez, joining me, Coulter Nuanez, talking all things NFL from a betting perspective. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Sports Bet Montana kiosk near you. Visit Sports Bet Montana's website. Click on locations. You can find one. What other juicy games are there on the deal? I want to ask you, what do you think of 49ers Jags? I believe the 49ers are turning exa into exactly what I thought they were going to be, Ooh. which is 
a really good team with a little bit of a quarterback problem and a team that if they don't get out and play turnover-free football, they're going to be in close games. And the Jags, after a clunky start, have looked like one of the best teams in the NFL the last. I got them right now as fifth, seventh in in my power rankings. So give me your give me your power rankings. Ravens, number one. Ravens, Eagles. Yep. Which I don't like that. Chiefs. <laughs> I just think the Eagles are going to lose a lot of games coming up here. Just be careful with them. Well, they have a really, the, really I hard think, I, th- I feel the same way about the Chiefs. I think so too. So ready? Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Niners. It's tier one. You got Cowboys over the Niners. I do. Okay. You like the Cowboys better than I do. They're just hot. They're hot right now. This is not This is not the totality of the season. This yeah, is yeah. this week yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, I got you. I thought the, that the Cowboys outplayed the Eagles um, on Sunday. So you got the Lions and the Jags in the next tier then? I have next tier is Bengals, Jags, Lions, Dolphins. Tier three is Bills, Chargers, Browns, and then it falls off. Yep. Then it goes to Steelers, Seahawks, Texans, Saints, Jets, and then it's in the complete no man's land of Vikings, Commanders, Colts, down onward. Vikings should be up there a little bit higher. Absolutely not. <laughs> Can the Vikings tomorrow beat the Steelers, the Seahawks, the Texans, the Saints, or the Jets? No. Uh, they can beat the Seahawks on a neutral field or on a on a home field. The they Seahawks be, aren't they great. Can be, they can beat the Jets, too. The Seahawks just have a lot of talent. Me and you are on similar spots. I, I have the Lions a little higher. I got the uh, Browns a little bit higher. And I got the Bengals in that top tier. Yeah, I think, I think the Bengals are right there. I just want to see it this week, which I think they'll roll. But uh, The Bengals this week have... Who do they have? I'm, I'm missing it. Uh, the Bengals are playing the Texans, oh, the Texans at home. Yeah. Touchdown favorite, six and a half points. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, what's the total? Yeah, it's interesting. 47 total and too. a half. Yeah, yeah the Bengals' high. totals are tough, too. They're, here's the thing the I'd Texans tell you. Texans can score, so... Here's the thing I'd tell you about the Bengals, though, is that where they're at right now, since they're... Even though they're five and three, they're still playing chase compared to what they wanted this season to be because they started slow. Totals for the Bengals look enticing because they're so good on offense. And then when they play another good offensive team like they did last week with the Bills, you might want to... You're thinking, okay, let me bet the over. Bet the over in the first half if you can get it. Because that, what happened last week is what's been the case several times for the Bengals lately. And that's... They get out early. They score on their first two drives. They score three times in the first half. And then they just kind of coast from there. They're better on defense than they have been. So I'd say if you want to bet the total, bet the first half total of that one. Yeah, I think the Bengals are rolling. And I I think I heard it from, it was either Bill Simmons or uh, maybe a different betting podcast, but I went and hit it. Is uh, Joe Burrow's MVP odds right now are about fifth. Yes. um, Lowest or highest, however you want to call it. They're like plus 900. You might be able to get it for a thousand. And I think that, I I think that Hertz is going to stumble his way there. I think Mahomes already has 10 picks. I think uh, Lamar is the favorite right yeah, now should right. be. Yeah. And he's still got good numbers, but it's still twice, you know, half as much as Burrow. I think that Dak isn't going to be there. No one on the Niners. Trevor Lawrence probably won't do it. it ain't Jared Goff. Tua has proven to lose all three games against good teams. It's like Burrow's the last man standing there on the top tiers teams as the leader and the best player. I think there's a tremendous value in those numbers. All football all the time. Any other uh, ones that you really like this week? Well, I told you earlier this week, Colter, that I really liked the three AFC North teams. Mm-hmm. That are favorites. So that's, so that's the Ravens, Steelers, Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals. Bengals yeah, I teased that early in the week uh, to just pretty much make those all winners. I got like plus two uh, one eighty five on it. Um, I really like that those wins. I like the. I think those teams are all going to continue to play well. The Browns could make it tough, but I just think the Ravens are so hot right now. Uh, if I can get them for any value under a touchdown, I'm going to hammer that man. I mean, until they Lamar has a bad game and maybe they slow down a little bit, they're unstoppable. I mean, they beat the absolute breaks off the Seahawks last yeah, week. Yeah, they did. They. Uh, uh, they 
they already had their bad game too, and they had their get bad game against Pittsburgh in week three or four. So I I, I, I like that for sure. Uh, ones I'm staying away from: Falcons, Cardinals. The Cardinals are bad, but the Falcons are spiraling, so that's just a, a weird one. Plus, Kyler Murray's coming back, so I'm staying away. Yeah, that's a uh, stay away. For sure. Um, what do we think of Lions Chargers? I got I took a teaser at like ten on this today, which is a Thursday, um, for the Chargers just to cover that. I love week 9, 10, 11, 12, the, the good quarterbacks to start to take, take a step. Yeah. Like, even if they're not going to have their best season or whatever, like, I just think that Justin Herbert is going to play some really, really good football this year, and he really hasn't yet. He looked great on Monday night. I think that they're able to, you know, get maybe not in a full-blown shootout, but I love his weapons. I love what, what they're doing. Um, when they get the pass rush going, I mean, do you know who Cleo Mack plays for? The do, do you know that he still looks like Cleo Mack? Back. I mean, like, and then Joy Bosa on the other side, and yeah. they got some defensive linemen. And I'm not saying they're good on defense. I love Derwin James. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I think that they can mess around there. I still think the Lions are the better team. I think they probably win that game. But again, you always say, Colt, the Chargers are going to win nine or ten games. Gotcha. So you got to start getting them somewhere. And they might have turned the corner this last week because the Jets, I know they're in a state of disarray, but they are good defensively. And they, they, and the they Chargers, smoked them. The Chargers looked great offensively against one of the best defenses in the league. So. The numbers weren't huge for Herbert or Eckler or anything, but they, they just controlled that game. I mean, the punt return was a big play, got all the momentum, but like Herbert just game managed the heck out of that thing. I, uh, I, I've i said all year, stay away from the European game. I'm not staying away from the European game this, this week because I think the Colts are good and I think the Patriots suck. And I'm hammering the Colts. I love it. I'm in on the Colts, too. Texans, Bengals is an intriguing one. Saints, Vikings, and probably stay away. I do like your choice for the Steelers at home, the Ravens at home, the Bengals at home. Those are all pretty good. Uh, Staying away from Falcons, Cardinals. Uh, A little bit tenuous on Cowboys, Giants, even though, I don't know, see... I think you got to tease it one way or the other. you got to tease it all the way up and, and bet the Giants, or you got to tease it down a little bit and pair it with something else. You can else tease it down to, to 10. I mean, yeah. I, I, the Cowboys have beat, like, every team that they've – every game they've won, they've won by, like, 10. So, yeah. I mean, I think that that's this game. One of my least favorite games of the week, Cole, Commander right, Seahawks. Commander Seahawks. Guess that line. You're probably looking at it now. I'm not. I just have the matchups in front of me. Um Man, Seahawks coming off of an absolute butt-whipping at the hands of the Ravens. Manners won last week. They did. After they trade all this mm. stuff, they trade all their, their future, they trade Sweat, they trade Chase Young, everyone's off of them, and they go and win. And I bet I hammered that game. I thought that the commanders are pretty good on offense. Seahawks are minus four and a half. Like Six and a half. Wow. It's too high. In Seattle. It's too high. Man. The commanders are going to keep games close. I mean, talk about backdoor cover. If you haven't watched Sam Howell, athletic, composed, throw the ball, can run with it. Uh, they have weapons. Jahan Dotson's coming onto the scene. They have, you know, scary Terry McLaurin. I love Logan Thomas. They have multiple good backs. I mean, I just don't see how this team doesn't score 20, 24 points every week. Here's my home team parlay. This is just for home field advantage. I'm going money lines on the home team. Seahawks to win, Cowboys to win, and I'm going to throw the Steelers to win. Three parts. Wow, you bet the morning games. I thought you were just an afternoon guy. Yeah. Here we are. I like to sprinkle it around. Uh, another game that I really like, Coulter, is um, not that I like. Actually, I want to rephrase that. Another game that I think is very intriguing and I think you could get value on is Titans at Bucks. It's a, currently a pick 'em. I think the Titans have got a little bit of momentum. Like I'm not saying they can that they're going to straight out win this game. Low over under at 39 and a half. I just don't think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can really score, and I think that the Titans are going to put up at least 20. That being said, value at a pick 'em right there. You can tease them just below a field goal or something. You know. 
know, still cover a field goal. You can lose by three and still cover for the Tennessee Titans. I think that there's value in those pickums if you feel strongly about one team or another. The right now, there are some other pickums on the board. We already mentioned the Jets at the Raiders, kind of sitting at a pickum right now. Value if you want to take a team to, to a field goal or. Uh, or below a field goal and, and still get some value there. No, it's Dow ESPN Radio, all football all the time, presented by Sports Bet Montana. Get that Sports Bet Montana app in your life. Great way to track all the lines and the way that they're moving. And uh, you can also, there's this new thing you can do where you can put your bets in and then it gives you a QR code and then you walk up to the machine, boom, you just scan it right there and it gives you the ticket. That's pretty good. That's real? That's real, yeah. Wow. That's a new new addition. Uh, I know sometimes there's been some points of consternation about the uh, lack of efficiency of the wireless connections to some of the machines. So now you can uh, you can make the bet on your phone. You can go put the QR code, boom, scan it right there, put your money in and... Uh, Go do it. Sports Bet Montana. Proud to present all football all the time each week. Brooks Nuanas in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, man. Yep, thanks. <laughs> when it comes to tonight's game, Panthers at the Bears. I'm totally stuck. I do like the total. I think 38 and a half. I think the game will go over. I do think that one or both of these teams will get into the 20s. But the Bears are favored obviously, because the Panthers are the worst team in the league. But it's, it, it all goes down to my my end of the season. What is your record going to be? The Panthers are going to have one of the worst records in the NFL by the end of the year. But they're still going to win three or four games, right? They've won one. Who else are they going to beat? Winning in Soldier Field is hard. But the Bears aren't good, so I don't really know. I Maybe you just bet the total. I'm going to sprinkle just a bit on the Bears and the over in-game parlay, but... I don't know. If you want good money, I'd say just bet the over. All football all the time. Presented by Sports Bet Montana. Back on to Wattis now right after this. One, two, three. Wattis now on ESPN Radio. See me muttering and shaking my head? It's because I'm reading Twitter and I clicked on the, the trending. Clicked on Jim Harbaugh trending. And I got to a tweet about how there's been some legal letters exchanged between Michigan and the Big Ten, and now it's coming out that Jim Harbaugh's lawyer may have plagiarized these letters, at least part of them, and that part of the plagiarism is coming from the uh, Michigan Go blog, which is the fan board. Are we living in the twilight zone? What is happening? Why make it end, please? It's so weird what is going on with this Michigan story. I I can't even like begin to keep up with following it because it's just like the theater of the absurd. I can't get over it. Welcome back, Nuanas. Now I can't even say the name of the old my own show, uh, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you missed anything in the show. Uh, Jam-packed lineup for you, as always. Aaron Best, the head coach of Eastern Washington, joined us. Josh McCrossin, the head coach of the Corvallis Blue Devils, joined us. Brooks Nuana is talking all things NFL. Justin Angle uh, talking all things business and sports. All of it. All the Nuana's Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. I got to hash this out more before I talk about it, because I'm just going to... I have nothing, I have no good take on this other than this is ridiculous. The the endless n- amount of obsession and cheating, and uh, it, it's just crazy, this Connor Stallions saga 
that's related to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. They're, they just had so much drama since he's been there, and it's just amazing. But they keep winning, so they he, he stays, but then maybe he's going to the NFL. Nobody really knows. It's wild. Anyways, we'll rehash this uh, tomorrow when Rajim Seabrook is here. Can't wait to get his take on all of it. Uh, one thing, though, that's been sort of bubbling and it's crazy because the last two years, this was all that was being talked about in the Big Sky Conference stratosphere for the couple weeks leading up to the last season, of the, reg- the last game of the regular season, was College Game Day, ESPN College Game Day. And two years ago, the University of Montana put forth a, a very impassioned and uh, very thorough campaign to get Game Day here to Missoula. It didn't happen. Last year, sort of a retort, and then a lot of animosity from the Grizz side of things because Bozeman lands college game day and uh, Reese Davis and Kurt Herbstreet and the boys descend upon Bozeman before the rivalry game. Well, now there's some scuttle that Missoula's in the mix again. And I think that there maybe is a little bit of a subdued effort to get this on the public fashion because I just think that there was so much disappointment about it last time. But I am hearing rumblings from, from pretty good sources that Meetings have been had, and Missoula is certainly under consideration in two weeks when Montana State comes to town. It sounds like there's a couple other big-time games in the mix. Um, Georgia-Tennessee is in two weeks. That's going to be a top-ten matchup. That's going to be hard for College Game Day to not go there. Also, Oregon State will host Washington in two weeks. That has Pac, uh, Pac-12 uh, title implications, so that's going to be a hard one to not come to. But there is some some at least internal uh, talks happening about maybe Missoula being an option. So I don't know. I don't know what I think of just if Missoula got it this year. It would obviously be great in certain ways. There's also other ways where maybe it seems redundant. I don't know. We're going to hash this out tomorrow a little bit more uh, as well. But uh, it's 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 a possibility. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> that's, that's, I guess, how... Uh, where we're at right now. We'll be back at it tomorrow with our Jim Seabrook. We'll have our Garden City Spotlight rounding up all of the, uh, putting a bow on the high school football season for all the Missoula teams. Carolyn Chicken on Sports will join us as well and much more. We'll see you then. New Honest Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.